Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Thursday, July the 28th. And believe it or not, the Philadelphia Phillies won a series against the Atlanta Braves. Another thing I didn't know was possible as a Phillies fan. They win 7-2 to two yesterday at home to take two of three from the Braves. And thank goodness, <laughs> thank goodness after that just miserable Cubs series coming out of the break, the no-show from the Phillies at home against a team that came into the series 22 games below five hundred was a real, real bummer of a way to start the second half, you know, the metaphorical second half of the season. And, you know, <laughs> we talked, you know, it was really, it was a tough spot. It was very, um, you know, I, I said after that series, you know, I'm not out on this team. I'm not going to do the, oh, they lost to the Cubs. It's over. I'm not doing that. But at the same time, I definitely was very, very, very disappointed with what the Phillies did in that series. And to see them come back out and, you know, take two or three from the Braves and handle them yesterday in a, you know, a series deciding game was necessary. It was needed as Phillies fans. I think it was imperative for us to you know, not lose our minds after that, but also really big heading into the trade deadline. It's July 28th. The trade deadline this year is August 2nd. We are just you're a little days away from that. <laughs> it's uh, right after the weekend. It's like, hello, trades. Let's go early next week. So um, there's there's a lot going on. Or, you know, it'll be, I guess it'll be uh, Tuesday of next week would be the, uh, the trade deadline. So, um, you know, we're right there. It's very soon. And um, I think the Phillies will make moves. We'll talk more about that over the next two days, obviously, in Monday, heading into it if they haven't yet. But um, the Brit- the Yankees did trade for Andrew Benatende yesterday, so that name is off the board. That was obviously a name connected to the Phillies uh, because of you know Dombrowski knowing him from Boston and a guy who can come in and you know was batting you know near three hundred this year, over three hundred. Uh, last I looked, it was around there, um, and you know could come in and you know play at least passable center field. Not he's not a center fielder, um, but could pass it for you and and certainly just overall make the team better. Obviously. That's not an option anymore as the Yankees swoop in and get Benatende. And, you know, I've said for a while, like, get on your horse, David. It's time to make some moves as, uh, you know, uh, there's no reason to wait as far as I'm concerned. But we'll get more into that. Let's get back to yesterday first. As again, it really was a big win. You know, uh, I said after Monday, uh, Tuesday's game against the Braves uh, that I thought that it was one. Uh, excuse me, Monday's game. I was right the first time. Excuse me. Monday's game uh, that it was. One of, if not the biggest wins of the season, the Bryson Stott home run in the eighth, the unexpected come from behind win coming off the three-game losing streak. Um, I thought that was just such a massive, massive win for this team. And then they come back the next night and, you know, it was a bit of a stinker. You know, a, a, a 
very miserable night of Phillies baseball. They lose 6-3. It was really 6-1 with a JT homer in the ninth that was meaningless. And they just got outplayed. You know, Nola was not good. The offense didn't show up. And it was, you know, it really did feel during that game like, okay, so they beat the Braves that one game, but they're going to lose the next two, and we're going to come out of the series feeling bad about it. You know, when when after that win, that stop win, it felt like, okay, we've turned this thing around. We're back a little bit. And then, you know, it just felt like after that loss on Tuesday that the Phillies were going to, you know, do what the Phillies do and come out yesterday and just crap the bed and lose the game and lose the series, you know, especially against the Braves. It really felt like that was going to happen. And instead, the Phillies came out and played a damn good baseball game, you know, got it done. And and by the way, with your boy in the stands, how about that? I'm not going to, you know, brag too much, but I am 3-0 in games that I've attended so far this season. So, you know, they might need to get me out there more often. Uh, big win yesterday, again, as the Phillies win 7-2. to over the Bravos yesterday, desperately needed Kyle Gibson out dueling Charlie Morton. You don't expect to see that. Gibson is so funny. With <laughs> Gibson ends the first half by out dueling Sandy Alcantara. You know, a potential NL Cy Young winner. Then comes back against the Cubs and gets crushed by a bad Cubs team, and then comes out against the Braves and gives you six two run innings. It's it's. The guy is an enigma. You never know which one you're going to get. Six innings, two runs, four hits, two walks, four strikeouts for Gibby. The bullpen was fantastic after that. Just shuts it down. Brogdon a clean inning, hand a clean inning. Bilotti a clean ninth. You know, gave up a hit, but otherwise a clean ninth as the Phillies just get it going. You got hits. You got runs. You scored. What a thought. As uh, pretty much everyone... Outside of Schwerber and Didi get in the act, and even those guys had the, a stat line. No one didn't have a stat line, and Schwerber does go over three, but he has an RBI. Didi goes over three, but scores a run and has an RBI. So everyone got involved. You know, Hoskins one for three with a run. Uh, JT two for four with two RBI. He's been hitting a little better lately. You know, had the homer the night before. Derek Hall two for four. Castellanos one for four with a run scored. Bryson Stott one for three with a run scored, and that was a big one. That got it going early. Um, did Stotty as that was. Uh, Super necessary early on to get to, uh, and it was good base running by Saad, taking advantage of bad defense, gets to third, and who drives him in but Mr. Reliable, Alec Bohm. Alec Bohm goes two for four with two runs scored, two RBIs. My man is batting 293 on the season. 293, Alec Bohm. How about it? I mean, we've uh, it's, it's, it's actually kind of jarring. Because, you know, we've been looking at this, the box scores all season, or at least, you know, me, I have been looking at the box scores all season. And, and it's just been us other than, you know, ever since Harper's out, obviously the Harper's 320, 322, 326, whatever stood out in a big way. But, you know, other than that, just looking through the box scores every day after each game and, and you know, talking about it and all that, it's been so much of, you know, 205. 220, 243, 257, 260, 202, 212, 230. And to see Bohm's 293 there really does stand out. Uh, a couple great notes from Ryan Spader on Twitter, who's a, a phenomenal follow if you love baseball stats. Uh, Alec Bohm is batting 420, 420 with a 442 on base and a 593 slugging over his last 22 games played. I mean, that's phenomenal. 
You know, and that's almost a month of baseball, 420 average. He's riding a 12-game hit streak where he's batting 488, 511, 707 is his slash line. That's like 12, 19, 12, 18 OPS over his last 12. Um, I, I said this the other day, and you know, I really, really believe it now. I mean, I think Alec Bohm right now today is the best hitter on the Philadelphia Phillies. And I, I know there's no power there. He's not driving the ball in the same way. He's hitting it harder. Um, but he's not going to get a lot of home runs. But man, uh, you know, if I had, and I think I said this the other day, but I, I really feel it. If my life were on the line and I needed a Phillies player to step into the box and get me a hit to save my life, I wouldn't even have to think about it. I'd say, give me Alec. Like that quick. It's not even like a, uh, should I, you know, who's, uh, should I go? Uh, no, no, it's, it's Alec Bohm. That's it. That's my guy to save my life to get a hit. And uh, <laughs> I really wouldn't have thought that would be the case. But um, it's nice to see. It's nice to see Bomer um, getting going and starting to look like the guy we saw the rookie season, you know, the 338 or whatever it was. You know, he's starting to look like that guy. And um, it's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting. And it's absolutely necessary for this team. It really is. And if you kind of look at. You know, him getting hurt the Toronto series before, then he comes back for Florida. They play well. I mean, he's just been such an important part of the lineup. I'm shocked he's still batting seventh, you know, with all the lineup maneuvering that has happened. I mean, why Alec Bohm is not in the two-hole or, you know, higher in the lineup, you know, even in the five-hole, maybe driving in some runs, getting hits and driving in runs. I, I don't know. It's the one part of these lineup changes that I don't really get. And it's clear that, that, Thompson's trying to do the righty-lefty thing. Um, I mean, literally, if you look at yesterday's lineup, it is a perfect righty-lefty. It goes Schwarber lefty, Hoskins righty. So there's the only righty-righty in the whole game. It goes uh, Schwarber lefty, Hoskins righty, Romito righty. Then lefty and Hall, righty and Castellanos, lefty and Stott, righty and Bohm, lefty and Didi, and then the only lefty-lefty is Herrera at the end. So he's clearly, you know... He's clearly trying to split those guys up. That's why I would think Bohm is seven instead of six, starting between him and Castellanos. But regardless, I mean, if anyone deserves to be moved up in the lineup, deserves to get more at-bats in a game, you know, forgetting everything else, just who do I want getting more at-bats in a game? It's, it's Alec. So, um, you know, I... Uh, I hope he gets an opportunity to move up in the lineup. And again, right now, the 293 average, the consistency, the, the numbers we just talked about over the last 22, over the last 12. Um, thank goodness. Thank goodness for Alec Bohm, especially, you know, right now, you know, the team pitched really well for the most part. You know, we take that Cub series out of out of discussion. And even then, you know, Wheeler was great. It just blew it in the end and it was really defense. Um, they've pitched well, really well over the last, you know, month plus, month and a half, whatever. Um, it's the bats that, that since the Harper injury for the most part have gone cold and really since Schwarber has cooled down significantly since his, you know, June slash first half of July run that he was on. Um, and Hoskins has cooled down dramatically from his hot streak that he was on and they really have struggled offensively. You know, that has been the core issue with this team and funny because I still think a starting pitcher, especially with the Eflin injury and all that is, is the most important thing they have to add at the deadline. It seems like Dombrowski agrees with that. Um, but it is it is interesting to think about how this this lineup has has struggled so much and um, you know without Alec Bohm where would we be where would we be without Alec Bohm it really is um, it's wild to think about that guy has made himself invaluable to this offense right now and and he's the most confident um, I, I am the most confident I feel during a Phillies game when the Phillies are at bat when he's at the plate which is a pretty pretty crazy thing to say I did not see that coming. Um, 
And look, you know, Segura coming back in the near future. Harper, we think coming back, you know, hopefully in a month or whatever. Um, you know, those are additions in a way, you know, in terms of, of, you know, if you're trading for a hitter, like you are adding, but I do think they need both a hitter and a pitcher, but um, we'll see how that all shakes out over the coming days. And obviously we'll get more into that um, as we go along and tomorrow and all that um, and, and today's stuff. But um, the Benatende deal, maybe will jumpstart the market going here. You know, obviously it, we know a lot of trades will come down to August 1st, heading into that August 2nd deadline at the four o'clock or whatever it is, you know, August 1st and 2nd will probably be the days with the most action. But um, I'm hoping the Benatende thing kind of lit a fuse and Dombrowski's going to start wheeling and dealing and making some moves because the sooner the better. You know, the the as we've talked about so many times, Phillies right now a half game back of the Cardinals. Cardinals win yesterday. The Giants lose they're three back of the Phillies now, three and a half back of the Cardinals for that wild card spot. So really, um, you know, the Cardinals and Phillies kind of battling it out here right now. Giants not out of it by any means. And the Padres only a couple up on them. So, you know, it is um, it is it feels like a, a four-team race for two spots and really three of them out in front right now um, as obviously the Braves and Mets, you know, both looking solid. One of them won the division. One of them will be the wild card um, and the Mets right now out in front still. Um, and they beat the Yankees yesterday. So, um, but... You know, it's going to come down to those teams, and the Phillies do hold the the tiebreakers over the Cardinals and the Padres. That's you know, a pretty big deal, obviously. I think as the um, as this is going to play out, it's going to be close. It's close right now, um, but to that point, you know, every game matters. It really does. We're we're at that point of the season. We're we're past the oh, it's early. We're past the you know this and that. Like we are in the dog days of summer. You know, the classic dog days of summer as August is beginning, and every game is incredibly important for this team because at the end of the season, when we look up, it'll be one, two, three games that decide this, this wild card race. You know, it's almost impossible to believe that it won't play out that way. And you never know. Look, the Phillies could go on a 10 game winning streak and get four up in the wild card and then just kind of coast to the end or, or the other way they could have a 10 game losing streak and be four back and coast. And, and it could, you know, be bigger than that. But the most likely scenario is that, that, you know, when the season ends that, that the Phillies either made or missed the playoffs by a couple games, you know, and, you know, every game matters. And if you can add now and, and get a couple extra games with said pitcher, said hitter, whatever, I mean, that that makes a difference. It matters. So get on your horse, Dave. It's time to time to roll, time to make some moves. And it is interesting because um, so I, I was at the game yesterday, as I said, and super awesome to be back down there, 3-0 and on the season. Thank you very much. Um, but uh, we went with a bunch of listeners from the WIP Midday Show. It was a super fun time hanging with everybody. We had a great time watching the game, talking to people and all that. And believe it or not, as I know many people now this season have had this experience, if you're you know, sitting in the upper area and all that stuff, where look who shows up, John Middleton yet again. And you remember when I talked that last time, and, and it was literally the day before Girardi got fired, the game before Girardi got fired, or I guess two days technically because they, they didn't do it the off day, the day after. Um that uh, that was the last game you know we went to and, and Middleton and you know we were like ah, did we get Girardi fired probably not um, but it was uh, it was interesting timing and last night uh, came over again super cool that this guy does this take everything else out just the fact that he's willing to to walk around the stadium and talk to fans and he must have taken a hundred pictures just in front of me can only imagine how many he took. Um, with people over the course of the day and has over the course of the season and all that. He should have like a little clicker with him so you can count like oh, one, two, like, oh, I took a hundred thousand pictures this month, you know, because I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, it's a little high, but a lot of pictures, you know, of a hundred thousand, a little, a little uh, facetious, but um, really, it, you know, really 
kind to do that with all those people and to you know, make people feel comfortable and smart of him. Honestly, as the owner of the Phillies, I think it's an incredibly good look to go around and to you know make yourself available to a fan base that is passionate and cares. Um, and look for him, I think there's a an advantage knowing where your fans are at. Like obviously, you don't run a baseball team because of what your fans want, but you. It's it's important to know what your fans want and what they need and where they're at. I mean, it's it's a business too, right? I mean, we talk about that all the time. And and if you want to service your customers, you know, it's good to know what your customers want and where they're at and what, what they're feeling. So I think it's smart that he does it, but it's also very cool to get that experience. Um, I was talking to him. The reason I bring it up is I was talking to him about trades, and I was like, hey man, like, <laughs> you know, let's go, let's go make a move. And I joked that I saw Dave Dombrowski up in the press area um, prior to the game before heading out to the seats we did the show down there and then up in the press area for a couple minutes and i saw dave dombrowski um and you know he walked out talked to a couple people and, and then went to another room and i was joking yeah i was like i saw dave and i wanted to yell at him like get on the phone dave and middleton goes yes dave don't do anything else take the calls and that blah. <laughs> it was very funny it was very uh, it was very cool um but but i think middleton knows too i, I think this team's going to make moves you know at least from you know the conversation I had with John Middleton. It seemed like the the organization knows they need more, and that they're willing to. I I do. He did kind of confirm though what Dombrowski had said about really not looking to trade the top pitching prospects. We'll see how that plays out, but it does seem like the Phillies are really averse to doing that. And look, I, as I talked about last time, I talked to John Middleton. And this time again, I, I said, you know. We both agreed, like drafting and developing the single most important thing this franchise needs to do better. It's the single bane of the franchise's existence for 150 years or 140 years, you know, so it does, you know, really matters. But, um, and you need to keep those guys when you get them and they're good. But, you know, this team is also in a, in a spot where, you know, you've committed to a core. You got a chance to make the playoffs for the first time in a, over a decade. You know, you got to, you got to, you got to go for it too. So it's, it's a really, um, interesting spot that this team is in. And, um, there's a lot of angles to it. There's a lot of layers to it. Um, obviously, you know, they're just the haven't made the playoffs in that long is a layer to it. You know, um, haven't drafted and developed on your history is a layer to it. You know, you've got three top 100 pitching prospects for the first time as long as I can remember, you know, since the baby aces or whatever. <laughs> Who knows? I don't even know if all three of them were top 100 back then, you know. Um, that didn't work out. Um, but, you know, I, I think that I think this team knows that they need to add to to the core of what they have right now. And it's going to be interesting to see how Dombrowski balances all those things, you know, because he does need a starting pitcher. They could really use a bat. They could use another reliever. Um, so, you know, it is, it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be really interesting, especially when there are other big names in the market. And what are the Cardinals going to do? What are the Padres going to do? You know, Juan Soto is is on the on the table and taking offers on him and all that. And the Cardinals are a team that consistently seems to get linked to Juan Soto. And that's terrifying like if the cardinals trade for Juan soto it's like all right they're making the playoffs you know and that doesn't always work like that but it is a it would be a big blow to the phillies you know i think there's a chance that whoever makes the best moves over the next few days can kind of give themselves that that little bit of push to to be the the team that wins by two games instead of you know loses by two games or whatever um i if i had to bet for a betting man i would bet on Juan soto getting traded this offseason rather than the trade deadline uh just because i think this is such a massive organizational decision for the Washington Nationals. It is the most important decision that they will make in the next you know few years, without a doubt. Um, and I wouldn't rush it if I were them. I don't think that you're going to get more suitors now who want Juan Soto for the stretch run. Like Juan Soto is Juan Soto. The suitors will be there. And I actually think in some ways you might even have more suitors in the offseason because 
Hope Springs Eternal for everybody, and you're talking about getting this guy for a, a long time and signing a massive contract and the face of your franchise and all that stuff. So, if I were the Nationals, I would wait. Unless I got bowled over with the greatest offer you could possibly imagine, I would wait. But um, it's going to be fascinating to see what they do, what that package is, and if Soto gets moved, I mean that is a, a, a <laughs> clearly the kind of thing that could completely shift a a a race, so to speak. You know, a playoff race. So. Um, it's going to be a really fascinating trade deadline with a lot of interesting angles and interesting, um, you know, decisions to be made. And it's going to have a, uh, could, could, it could have a profound effect on how this plays out. Now, again, remember last season, we've talked about this many times, but you know, and granted there was no one, the caliber of Juan Soto traded last season, but you know, all the big names that got traded last year, the, the three names that made the biggest impact were, were Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, and Jack Peterson. All were traded for, for for nothing, you know, for very little to nothing, you know, cash in some cases. So, you know, it is um, it is possible to make moves that dramatically affect the outcome of your season while maybe not necessarily making the splashy moves. So there's really, it's so much potential over the next few days, and it really is, you know, it's going to be a, um, a really fascinating deadline as a Phillies fan to see how all in they are, what kind of moves they make. I know Dombrowski talked about, you know, not mortgaging the future for a, for a rental, but, but what if it's a guy who's got two more years left after this year? What if it's that type of player? Would you give up a, a, a high end prospect for that? Someone who's going to be a part of this team for the next, you know, three years, no matter what. It's interesting. It's interesting to see when, and again, interesting to weigh what Dombrowski has said. We talked about the other day. As opposed to, you know, the fact that it's hard to believe that anything the general managers and presidents of baseball operations and whatnot say, you know, in, in any sport like we talked about, you know, um, that it, uh, so many times they are uh, leading us in a different direction or saying something for the benefit of other general managers or other teams more so than actually telling us flat out the truth of the situation. And, and, and good, <laughs> you know. Good. You can lie to me if it's for a competitive advantage. I'm legitimately okay with that. Like, do what you got to do to do the best job for our baseball team. Cool, man. In. Um, but it's going to be fascinating to see, you know, what is true, what isn't, what kind of move they're willing to make, what type of players they're willing to dive in on. Again, how much better they can make this team. Heading into what's going to be, a, I think, a uh, you know, again, a very competitive very interesting trade deadline. And I think they're, you know, the way that the season is shaken out with a lot of haves and a lot of have nots, it could make for a really interesting deadline where there are a lot of interesting names on the board and a lot of interesting, you know, deals and, and the, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Um, so it's going to be fascinating. Again, the Phillies have needs. I think starting pitcher, uh, I think they clearly, at least, uh, you know, the way they've talked, it seems like they think that's the biggest need. And I do too. But again, you know, a bat, a bat would help. They have not hit well. They have uh, really, for the most part, other than this series against the Braves, have, have struggled to put up runs, um, you know, over the last, you know, three weeks or whatever since Harper went down. So um, it's going to be fascinating. They got needs. They got some some pieces to move if they need to. It's going to be really, really fun. All right. Um, we'll look ahead in a second. Uh, tonight, if you're around, if you're near Skipback, PA, I'll be in Skipback, PA to watch the Phillies-Pirates game tonight. My buddy Jack Fritz, uh, we'll be doing a High Hopes podcast watch party. So come check us out if you're around. We'll be in Skipback. It'll be awesome. Again, if you listen to Phillies today, you're literally my favorite people um, because um, I appreciate you. <laughs> You'll be willing to listen to me talk about the Phillies to myself every day. Um, that, that's, that's cool. 
And uh, I would love to meet you. It would really, really be an honor to meet uh, anyone who is a fan of this show. Seriously, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. So if you're anywhere near Skip Back and you feel like coming to watch the Phil's game tonight, it'll be a lot of fun. So um, so if you're around, check it out. Speaking of the Phil's game tonight, big one. As uh, we start a series against the Pirates, gotta win the series against the Pirates. Especially, you know, it's one of those where it's like, oh, good, we get the Pirates. But then after that Cubs series, it's like, no, we get the Pirates nerve-wracking for some reason. We all remember last year, right up against the trade deadline, going to Pittsburgh and losing 2-3. or three. I was there for it. I was in PNC Park for it. I remember it too well. Um, that was really frustrating. And then they get Gibson. He's in for that last game, and you know, they win that one 15-1 or whatever it was and the whole thing. Um, but then obviously came up short. So uh, interesting. They have a series with the Pirates. Again, right before the, uh, the deadline. Then um, a day off uh, the before the deadline, which is nice for the team, and then two against the Braves in Atlanta. So uh, a six-game road trip coming up, four straight in Pittsburgh, and then two in Atlanta before um, coming home to face the Nationals and the Marlins. So um, so big four in Pittsburgh. you got to win these type of games. you got Wheeler, Falter, Suarez, and Nola lined up to go. Wheeler tonight. A um, couple interesting guys on the other side. Certainly Quintana is pitching tomorrow, uh, a name that's been mentioned in trades. So that'll be interesting to see him pitch maybe a – a uh, audition for a potential team that could move for him, but um, it's an important series. Again, after the Cubs series, the Phillies need to show us again that they could beat bad teams and handle bad teams. Three of four. We need it. Okay? Let's go, boys. All right. And tonight, come hang out and skip back if you're around. Either way, whatever. Tonight, we'll be back to talk about it tomorrow. So until then, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.